Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Sister Wives, Season 6, Episode 1, Picking Up the Pieces. The episode opens with Cody over at Janelle's. He has to mention he was just at the gym. And Cody explains that it's been two years since the move from Utah. He says it was dramatic for his family. They moved into four separate homes and he can feel the separation. Christine knows that in order to make this family work, they have to get back together again. And Janelle points out that they found the cul-de-sac. They found the four lots right next to each other. They've put money down. They have a contract now. But Cody wants to remind everyone, of course he's doom and gloom, that there is no guarantee. They still have to qualify. And the risk is some of the adults in the family might qualify when others don't. And this is an all or nothing deal. Robin really wants to be in the homes ASAP because she points out that the next round of teens is going to be going off to college soon and Logan is already gone. So they really need to make this place home and it's really urgent for the family. Leo, it's very important to them. They want everyone to be together in these homes for their last Christmas. Aspen thinks that it would be really great. It would be a great Christmas present. Everyone shares the same sentiment. They want to be in these homes by Christmas. Maddie feels that their dad has this fantasy that they're all going to attend UNLV and they're all going to live at home until they graduate college or until they even get married, that they're going to be embracing his faith. And she feels that is just a fantasy. Logan knows that's not happening. Maddie explains that they really don't feel settled as a family since they moved to Vegas. And she feels like they've been floating since the move. They've been living in these four separate rentals These homes don't feel like they're their homes, and it's very depressing. The state of the family, the separation, the separate rentals that don't feel like home. Aspen feels like Vegas itself is home now, but she doesn't consider her rental home her home. It doesn't feel like home to her. Today, the brown adults are going to be doing their first walkthrough. Cody is a real idiot. He shakes the builder's hand and he's in his hard hat. He brings his hard hat. His four wives have hard hats. And he jokingly says, hard hats required, right? And his builder lets him know, not really. You don't need to wear your hard hats. No one's working in the homes right now. What a dork. What a dork. He has his wives wearing hard hats too. I guess they have their own hard hats. They are so excited about this building experience. The builder lets Cody know it's really not necessary. They're not even going to need hard hats. No one's working on the home. There's no need. Mary explains the walkthrough. It's a framing walkthrough. Basically, they're checking out the framework of the house. They're checking the walls, that everything is where it should be. And Mary admits that there have been some changes that they have made to each of their houses along the way. And I'm guessing most of the changes are hers. I'm guessing she had most of the major changes. And she says that the changes are to make the homes unique to each of them. Unique or Mary changed her mind a million times and made demands and Mary wants what she wants. Who knows? Now, I really feel for whoever had to deal with Mary and her never-ending vacillation and her changing her mind and wanting this and then going back and then wanting this and then the emotions and then having her personal stuff brought into it. O-M-G. I'm sure it takes the patience of a saint considering how Mary handled choosing everything last episode. They start with Robin's walkthrough first, and her home is the furthest along in the building process. So as Robin and Cody walk in, Cody jokes that he's not going to be carrying his wives across thresholds, not until he owns the homes. 
You know, that's supposed to be for newlyweds on the wedding night, and I doubt Cody even did it then. Cody also doesn't have the physical fortitude to lift any of his wives. I doubt he did that tradition when he married these women, let alone now. Robin is all smiles walking into her home. Christine can't believe that the walls are already up. Robin checks out her master bedroom, and she really isn't happy with the window. She says it's too small, and she's very worried about lighting, and she wants to know if her window can be changed, and the builder lets her know. They can change that window. They can make it bigger, but it's going to cost her. Mary is having a really hard time owning that these will actually be their homes, that they're going to own these. And Cody reminds everyone they don't own the homes yet. And Christine adds that there is a lot they have to do until these homes are actually theirs. And it's still not guaranteed. Mary walks into her home and right away she finds something negative to cling to. Immediately she explains when they walked in her door into her home, she saw a mistake. And this is the builder's mistake to be fair. There's a big double door framed area that wasn't supposed to be there. That's supposed to be a wall and that's on the builder. So Mary and Cody let the builder know that it was supposed to be a complete wall and the builder acknowledges their mistake. Janelle says the homes should be done by Christmas, but they all wonder, will the homes really be done by the holidays? And they are itching to get into these homes by Christmas, like it's a Hallmark card or one of those movies you find on the Hallmark channel right before Christmas where everything's perfect and everything's beautiful. So they really want to be in these homes. Cody explains that every wife has the same budget for their home. Christine expands on that and she explains even though she has six kids and Mary has one kid, each wife is an equal wife and they all get the exact same budget. Each wife will get whatever she wants within that budget, but they all have the exact same budget. Christine does her walkthrough next, and she also finds a mistake in her home that is the builder's fault. She finds a doorway in the wrong place. Cody wants to keep it. He's trying to convince Christine to keep it. I think he just wants to have Christmas in these homes by the holidays, and he knows if they change too many things at this point when the walls are already up and the windows are put in and the doorways are put in, that it's going to take even longer. Christine is convinced. She wants to keep this doorway too. She wants to keep this extra room, maybe as a library, maybe as a study, and she's being positive. She feels it's the best mistake ever. So there are two months before Christmas And Janelle is really wondering how it's going to be when they all live close together again because Janelle has gotten used to things as they are with everyone separate. So it was a hard transition when they moved to Vegas and they dealt with the separation and she wonders how it's going to go when they go back to being together. Next, Robin explains the birth of the failed dream she had, My Sister Wife's Closet, and she explains that for Christmas last year, she designed a necklace for her sister wives, and she felt it was a very good idea for a business. So My Sister Wife's Closet is Robin's dream, and she always wanted to pursue it, and it was launched five months ago online, and it's going really slow. It's not really going well. Orders are just trickling in, per Robin's words. So there is a business meeting with all of the adults in the Brown family to go over the issues and to fix it. The Brown adults are going to be going to an expo. They're driving all the way to Utah to this expo to hawk their overpriced crap. 
Robin explains that business is slow. They're not getting a lot of traction and it's a really big deal for them. They need this business to succeed. Robin feels that they have issues boiling to the surface. Now, maybe if Robin gauged her demographic of potential customers, maybe if she had better, more professional designs, maybe if she had lower price points, things may have gone better for her and her business. I think Robin assumed that because they are on a reality show, that women would be buying up this stuff in droves and her dream would become a goldmine for the family. And I think Robin assumed that the family's influence as reality TV stars, if you want to call them that, would be enough to drive interest and to drive sales, and it's really not. So Robin walks into the meeting, and she complains right away that their internet sales have been low. Orders have been trickling in, and Robin feels, when you have an internet business, you aren't really interacting and interfacing with the customers. Customers aren't able to go into a store. They're not able to see and touch the items. So Robin thinks that's a big part of the problem. So she feels going to this expo will be like having a storefront, and she thinks that's going to help the problem. So they're planning this trip to Utah. They're going to be driving down tomorrow, and Cody wants to know when they're going to be leaving because they can't set up in the expo until 3 o'clock. Janelle can't leave until around 1 o'clock, and we learn that Mary has to leave the expo by 3.30. She can just stay for a half hour after she drives there. And Robin looks pissed off. And her response is, wow. She just says the word, wow. And you could tell she's pissed. So Mary explains that she has a conflict tomorrow during the expo. And she's really not sure that she's going to be able to make it in time to help set up for the expo. Mary hopes to make it. And she feels bad having to leave after a half hour on that day. But Leo has something that Mary has to attend to. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So Cody tells Mary that it's ridiculous for her to even go to the trade show on the day they're going to be setting up. She would be driving there four hours one way just to leave after an hour or a half hour. Janelle agrees it's a killer drive investment. All the gas, all the time Mary would spend just to leave in an hour. It's going to be four hours of driving. So Cody and Janelle are both telling Mary they don't think she should even bother going. And Robin looks like she should kill when Cody and Janelle are backing Mary up. She lets Cody know she wants Mary to go. I want to see Robin drive for four hours to help Mary at her inn when her daughter or one of her kids has an obligation. 
to drive for four hours just to be there for an hour and drive back because her daughter or her son has an obligation that she has to attend to. I would love to see Robin do that. Robin would be like, hell no. My daughter has this. I can't go. End of discussion. Instead of being practical, though, Robin insists she wants Mary to go. She's manipulating Mary with guilt when there is no reason for Mary to have to be there and drive all that way for one hour just to head back and drive four hours down to be there for her child. Robin is so selfish. She should be the one telling Mary, don't come. It's okay. Just be there for your kid. That should be your priority. Instead, Robin demands, I want her to go. And Janelle asks Robin, even just for her to be there for a half hour? And Robin says, yeah, even for the half hour, because Mary is the pusher in the family. Mary pushes to get shit done. Robin is so fucking selfish, so selfish. This is four hours away, and Mary has a commitment with her kid, and that should be her priority. It makes zero sense for Mary to go drive four hours to be there for an hour. But all Robin cares about is herself. Robin says she's really glad Christine, Janelle, and Cody are going with her, but she knows that she and Mary are the sticklers about this. They really care about the business. They're really invested in the business. Christine, Janelle, and Cody, not so much. Now, Mary explains to Robin that maybe Cody doesn't want her to go because she's the pusher. And Cody says, Mary pushes. And Mary says, She does so because her time is valuable. She wants to just do it and get it done. Wow, where was that attitude last week when Mary was deciding on all of her options? Mary didn't give a fuck about her time being valuable or the time of the sales lady or the time of Mona when they all had to sit in that room and endure the way she behaved when she and Cody were finalizing their options on her home, when she was being completely ridiculous in front of Mona and the sales lady. Mary wasn't in a just do it and get it done. My time is valuable mindset last week. I guess that's only when it's convenient for her. Mary says she wants things done. She wants them done right. And Janelle asks if they have all the inventory. And she explains that at this expo, my sister wife's closet with this business, they would need to sell at least 100 pieces to justify the expenses of this weekend and all the travel, all the gas, all the time and the effort of going to this expo. And Janelle warns that she hopes they sell every piece they have because if they don't, they may not make their numbers and they really can't afford another loss. Robin looks constipated at Janelle's practical business savvy words. And Janelle says, This weekend at the expo and how well they do, that will be what decides if this is a business they want to have as a family be a primary income for the whole family. And she admits, so far, it's not promising. Robin is scowling. She looks like a child about to burst into tears just because Janelle is being logical and real and practical about the truth of the situation. That really, this most likely isn't going to work out. Janelle believes my sister wife's closet will be profitable. However, she doesn't think it will be profitable enough to support multiple people and the whole family. She just doesn't. She knows. Now, Janelle says she should be putting this time, the time she spends on my sister wife's closet, into her real estate business. And she's really worried about being able to put food on the table. 
Janelle realizes that they're going to need multiple streams of income to support the family. And they've discussed that as a family for a very long time. And it's always been that way, that a lot of different people need to be working, bringing in income to support this family. So Janelle feels very pressured to have income. She has to pay her mortgage and she has to find the balance. And she knows her focus has to be in the thing that will create an income for her. And of course, for decades, Janelle was the primary breadwinner for the whole family, supplemented by Cody and the other wives with smaller part-time jobs. So Janelle really feels the weight of this, and she's in charge of making the dollars and cents add up at the end of the day and feeding this whole family and making sure it's all working. So Robin feels like they all need to put more time, more man hours as a group, all five of them, into the My Sister Wife situation. So Robin feels really frustrated and Robin feels that some of them are half invested in her business. They're half interested in My Sister Wife's closet. So Robin reveals that Cody even told her the other day that he sees My Sister Wife's closet as a hobby business and Robin doesn't see it that way. When Robin tries to accuse everyone of being half invested in her dream, Cody explains to Robin that he really isn't even looking at it as a hobby because, frankly, he just isn't enjoying it. At the end of the day, these five adults have to come up with enough income to house, feed, and clothe 20-plus people. They have to secure these homes, and if my sister-wife's closet realistically isn't a primary source of income, Putting more time in when the women can actually spend time making real money like Janelle with her real estate business, then the women really need to spend time where there is guaranteed income, solid income that they know they can bring in. They really need guaranteed income when they're putting hours into work. You can put every hour of your life into a failure and it won't necessarily make it a success. Putting more time in is meaningless in this situation when there is no income to show. And these hours that they spend with my sister wife's closet could be spent making actual money that they need. They have to have enough money to support the whole family financially. That's a tall order. Robin is very selfish. Robin is very impractical. And Robin is really prioritizing her emotions and her dream over what is in the best interests of the whole family financially. Cody says it's a real challenge working with his wives, and some days he doesn't want to work with them. He wants to run away screaming, throwing his clothes off, wanting to get away from this, feeling like he's on fire. Robin, of course, makes it all about her, and she says she feels like she tried to put the business together. She did it to say, here it is, let's do this, And she's really excited about it. And not everybody is emotionally there on her level. So she is really having to adjust herself. She's having to adjust her expectations. This is Robin's dream. And Robin selfishly envisioned that her dream would be everyone's dream. And she envisioned, I believe, that her dream would be like striking gold for the family. She may be passionate about her dream. In life, everyone should pursue their dreams. We only have one life. But the other wives are not invested. This is not their dream. Mary might be more invested than the other wives. Now, the other wives agreed to help Robin, but realistically, this isn't their dream. It's already failing. They've already lost a ton of money. They aren't really fully invested in this. 
Janelle has real estate. She's very passionate about it. That can actually bring her a solid income. And Christine really wants to pursue real estate. She passed her real estate exam. So I really don't see why these women should have to invest more in Robin's dream when they have an actual way to make guaranteed money. This is Robin's dream. And instead of Robin making the changes and doing the legwork to make her business work. She wants to guilt trip her sister wives into doing it for her. And then if it fails, she will blame them and their lack of passion and their lack of interest for why my sister wife's closet failed. When really it's the high price points, it's the ugly designs, and it's the overestimation of her celebrity influence and the sales influence, the draw from that, that she thought the audience would feel and they would be buying her stuff up in droves. Robin estimates that people would just gobble her crap up and instead sales are just trickling in. And that's not on the man hours that the other sister wives put in. That's on Robin. That's on the ugly designs. And that's on the overly high price points. Robin is really selfish and she is actively trying to guilt trip these women into putting their time into her fruitless dream when they can easily make money in real estate and that's their dream and they should pursue it. We only have one life. Christine lets Robin know she's sorry but she never intended to give more to my sister wife's closet. She apologizes. She says she's sorry but she intended to do real estate. That was always her intention. Cody's frustrated at this meeting. He is looking down and he has his hand on his head. He looks defeated. And I notice he has his middle finger on his forehead. I know it wasn't intentional, but maybe, just maybe, that's his subconscious talking and that's how he feels about all this. Christine explains in confessional that it's not that she doesn't support my sister wife's closet. She supports my sister wife's closet. To her, she's giving support if she goes to the meetings, if she doesn't groan, if she doesn't roll her eyes, if she doesn't walk out early during meetings, then that's good support. That's the best she can do. And Janelle points out what concerns her is that with the level of money they invested in my sister wife's closet, they had really planned and anticipated on this being more than just a hobby business. And Christine agrees with Janelle. Mary interjects that she thinks she and Robin still want my sister wife's closet to be much more than that. Mary feels that they are at a critical time in the family because they have Janelle and Christine and Cody and they're trying to figure out if my sister wife's closet is anything more than just a hobby business, if it's going to be able to be something more, to become something. And Mary thinks that this expo will tell them whether or not my sister wife's closet will work. Now, Janelle says she's with Christine on this. She has had a very hard time being emotionally invested in my sister wife's closet. It's been a huge drain, and Janelle is really worried about how they're going to recoup. She thinks she should get this real estate thing going, and she really wants to. She knows they've lost a lot of money already. Robin admits in confessional that my sister wife's closet was pretty much a drain. Robin coming into the family was pretty much a drain too. She stopped working when she came into the family and the whole family with very finite resources that were already stretched far too thin had to pay for Robin's separate rental, for all of her bills, for her groceries, for her kids, for everything as Robin made almost no contribution draining the family coffers and now her business is a drain too and the family is losing lots of money that they really need. Robin is like a black hole just sucking up the sister wife's money. 
When they first started discussing My Sister Wife's Closet, Robin understood that everyone was on board. Everyone was as enthusiastic as she was saying, yeah, let's do this. And Cody explains to Janelle that they can't just fold. But Janelle thinks they're going to have to adjust this from a main income business into a side hobby business. Robin really thought everybody was very invested and enthusiastic about doing My Sister Wife's Closet. That everybody really wanted to pour their time and energy into My Sister Wife's Closet. But Christine suggests, listen, let's just see how the expo goes and decide from there before making any final decisions. And she points out, you know, we don't really know how it's going to go. Let's just see. Robin insists that My Sister Wife's Closet, it's not just her business. It's called My Sister Wife's Closet. It's about her sister wives. It's not called Robin's Closet. And she asks rhetorically, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Robin's an angel, cap in hand, and she's all about the sister wives. She's all about the family. She's so invested. It doesn't matter what the business is called. Robin is invested. This is Robin's dream and she can't impose her dream on other people and assume they will feel as passionate as she does the same way that she does about it. She can't force it and then expect everyone to feel as she does. She is very selfish. Robin says my sister wife's closet. It's about the sister wives and it's also about Cody being the husband of the sister wives too. Thankfully for the women, Not anymore. Three of those women are gone. Next, Robin cocks her head to the side. She has a scowl on her face. She has sad eyes. And she's pleading to the camera. It's about us. It's about the differences that we bring. Robin is nervous. And she feels like she has put her heart into my sister eyes closet. And she really wanted it to be viable. She wanted it to bless the family. And she wanted to help them pay for these houses. She feels really glad, though, that she has Mary as her teammate right now. Mary is her teammate, but I want to know, is Robin Mary's teammate? Today, the wives and Cody are heading out to St. George. They're going to set up for the What Women Want Expo. Women don't want Robin's jewelry. They were supposed to sell 100 to 120 pieces to just break even and make this trip worth it, and they sold less than 10 pieces during the whole expo, all the days of the expo, less than 10 total. Robin explains how she grew up in St. George, and she explains the attitude towards polygamy and the FLDS in St. George, and how very often in the newspaper, there were horror stories about the FLDS community led by Warren Jeffs and the atrocious, evil, vile things he's done. And a few years ago, he was convicted of crimes against children, abuse of children. It's horrific and vile and evil and disgusting. And he is serving jail time. But from jail, we learn that he still runs his church. And Cody feels the cultural differences between these people and the St. George, Utah community is so vast that they stand out like sore thumbs. And Robin feels that all the people of St. George know the only thing they know of polygamy is Warren Jeffs. And the Browns are going to the expo to do business and they're not really kind of welcome there. They aren't part of either culture, the mainstream LDS who live in St. George or the Warren Jeffs culty polygamists. They're sort of in between both of those groups. 
So Robin is freaked out when they get to the location because this is St. George and the Mormon people there associate polygamy with the FLDS cults, with Warren Jeffs, with child abuse, with child brides, with evil, with horrific things. And so polygamy isn't really a very welcome thing in any capacity. Robin says, you know, when she went to school, when she grew up in St. George, that teachers would make derogatory comments about polygamists. So Robin kind of hid who she was. She kept her nose down because of the stigma surrounding polygamy. So Robin feels going back to St. George as an open polygamist in her hometown coming here, she's saying, okay, here I am as a polygamist. And Robin knows People will be there who aren't going to be welcoming. People are going to be there, the mainstream LDS, and they won't be happy that the Browns are there. So Robin is really nervous about whether or not they will get in their faces, whether these people who might be hostile to them, they might be aggressive. So Robin is really nervous about going to this expo, and she just hopes they meet their quota. The retail sales manager for the expo explains on camera that they got a call from the Browns and they wanted to sell their jewelry there at this What Women Want Expo. And the expo people debated whether they should have the Browns there. But they decided they're just selling jewelry. They're not selling their ideology or their religion or their lifestyle. So they felt they didn't want to turn the Browns away just for how they live, just for their lifestyle. They also probably didn't want a lawsuit. The sales manager explains they got a lot of backlash for allowing the Browns to be there in the expo. They got phone calls. Someone called asking whether the spectrum where they're holding the expo was for polygamy and whether they wanted to be associated with that and a part of that. And because the Browns were just there selling jewelry, they weren't promoting polygamy, they felt it was okay to allow them to be there. Frankly, if they didn't allow them, there would probably be a lawsuit on their hands. Christine feels, especially in that area, people might not buy their jewelry just because they're polygamists. Robin thinks people might be really mad, and Christine feels that this really needs to work. It needs to be a big moneymaker. This weekend is really important, and they really, really need to make a profit. And Mary gets to the expo on the next day. She walked in. She was impressed with the work that the other sister wives and Cody did, and she only had to make a few minor tweaks to the setup. Christine explains that St. George, it's a small city. It's filled with Mormon people, mainstream LDS. And there is also the polygamous sect of the FLDS. They look a certain way. They wear the dresses with the braids. They do the child bride things. There's rampant abuse. It's disgusting. And Cody adds that it's nerve-wracking to know they're going into a community where the word sister wife, which is part of their business name, is a taboo word. It's seen as very negative. They equate that with abuse, with evil, with child brides. So Robin is worrying a lot and she feels really awkward trying to set up her booth because people are staring at them and it's not very welcoming. There are expos everywhere. Why didn't they go to an expo in Vegas or LA or New York? where people may not necessarily care what lifestyle you live. If they like the jewelry, they'll buy it. That might have been better for them. Why are they going somewhere where they know no matter what, they're not going to be accepted and all people know are the child brides and the horrific abuse and the disgusting, despicable shit 
that's happening right next door to them that they see in the paper every day. And then my sister wife's closet has sister wife. They equate sister wife with abuse. Obviously, you don't have to put two and two together to know it's not going to work out. You don't have to be a rocket scientist. Why did they pick this expo in St. George? So the doors to the expo open. They were swamped with people. And so Cody's hoping that they get a lot of sales from this rush of people. Cody says a lot of people looked but they just looked and he wondered, where's the wallets? Robin says there was this woman and she came in in the first 10 minutes. She seemed really excited to buy jewelry. She asked the price for one of the items and it was 50 bucks. So the lady was considering buying the whole entire cloud on necklace, the one that Robin gave Mary, Christine and Janelle for Christmas. So Robin was so excited. She thought that she was connecting with the lady and the lady told her she was just going to go get some cash from the ATM and she'll be back. She didn't come back. Robin never saw this girl again. And Christine noticed that Robin was looking very stressed. She didn't think Robin was having a very good time. And Robin complains. They've been there for 30 minutes of being open and they haven't sold any jewelry at all in the first 30 minutes, even though there was a rush of people and lots of people came by. They didn't come by the booth to buy ugly overpriced jewelry. They came by the booth knowing, oh, wow, I see these people on my TV. I want to pass by and check them out. Christine reiterates how important it is that this business does well, that they sell a lot from this booth at this expo. They really need at least to break even. They need this to go okay. These people drove all the way to St. George, Utah, where they know there's going to be a lot of stigma surrounding them. They probably didn't even make back what they paid to be a part of the expo or even the gas money it took to get there. Christine says every hour they need to be selling several pieces of jewelry in order to even break even. They have to sell a certain number of pieces in an hour. So needless to say, that doesn't happen. The first day of the expo is also Saul's first birthday. So Robin's dad brings Saul by the booth for his birthday and they're going to celebrate that on Sunday at Mary's house. Mary explains that it's been a year since Robin offered to be her surrogate. So in a few days, when Robin comes over to her house to plan Saul's birthday, she's going to have a talk with Robin about that offer. Robin seems so fake and she seems really disingenuous and very pushy when showing jewelry. She seems desperate when she's showing jewelry to the customers. She explains that every time she goes through a whole entire sales pitch, when she talks to someone, she gives them her time. She gives them her energy. She explains to them what the pieces mean to her with these really long-winded, excruciating stories or what the story is behind these pieces. And they all go, well, that's nice. Good luck. I'll see you later. And Robin explains she takes that as a rejection and she says it's really hard. Just because you talk to a customer and you bombard them and you get in your face with all of your stories about a jewelry piece, it doesn't mean they owe you their almighty dollars. A potential customer says that she would have bought a piece of jewelry if she had the money. It's too expensive. Another person points out the jewelry is way too expensive. It's on the expensive side. And Christine realized after walking around the expo that their prices aren't expo prices. The other jewelry at the expo is all very inexpensive. And the My Sister Wife's Closet booth is empty at this point. It's making Mary nervous. There's no one even in there. Christine says there is no way that their jewelry will be able to compete with the rest of the jewelry at the expo. And Janelle points out that the term sister wife 
is negative in St. George. Christine feels drained from this experience and she dreads that they still have to go back tomorrow for day two. Robin is frustrated. She knows it's not going well. So she tells everyone that it's just the beginning of the business, that this is normal. This is just what they do. They're going to have to scrape, that that's normal with any business, that in the beginning they just scrape by. I doubt Janelle agrees. Robin knows nothing about business. Janelle knows a whole hell of a lot. I wonder how much Robin consulted Janelle on things like the price points, expenses versus profits, things like that. Maybe she should have consulted Janelle. Some businesses might get a slow start and then take off, but if the website has been up for two months and orders barely trickle in and they haven't really sold any jewelry in hours at the expo when they need to sell a certain amount per hour just to break even, it's probably a futile effort unless they revamp designs, unless they make their product more affordable, unless they understand their demographic more. I mean, there's obviously a huge problem. I love how Robin is trying to explain how business works to Janelle and Christine as if this is normal. Janelle is very business savvy. She already knows it's not going to work. And Christine knows that the price point is too high. Christine mentions that. And Janelle knows that the term sister wife has a negative connotation, especially in St. George, where the expo is taking place. Because the people there associate that term sister wife with Warren Jeffs, since it's very close to the location in St. George where all the Warren Jeffs stuff was taking place. And also St. George is predominantly Mormon, the LDS, and the LDS does all it can to separate and distinguish themselves from the FLDS and polygamy. So the people in that area already aren't too warm and fuzzy about polygamy. And my sister wife's closet as a brand isn't helping things because the word sister wife has a lot of stigma there. I don't get why the Browns chose this expo in St. George. Seriously, if they did an expo in Vegas or in a big city away from an area and community that were devastated and horrified by Warren Jeffs, they might have had a slightly better chance. I still don't think they'd break even, but I think maybe it would go a little bit better. Janelle's stressed. She's concerned. Janelle says now they're eight hours into the first day and they've only sold four pieces of jewelry and they're going to have to sell 120 pieces at least to make it valuable. So it's now day two of the expo, the final day. And Robin has just informed Mary that so far they've only sold seven pieces total on the day before. So it's not good. So they need to sell 120 pieces to break even and they sold seven pieces. So they're really far from their goal. Mary realizes that they're gonna have to sell a lot just to break even. Janelle says at this point, she'll be happy if they can even sell 20 items. Janelle calls it because at the end of the two days, I believe they sold 19 items. That's total. So that's a far, far cry from the 120 they would need to break even. Now, Cody asks Robin if she even knows if this will be profitable, if they're going to make a profit from the expo. Obviously not. And Robin points out that based on the numbers and the fact that they had to take a trip out of town, she wouldn't imagine that they would be very profitable. They took a loss. Basically, this whole business is a drain on the family finances. 
They're not going to even break even, especially with the amount of money that they borrowed and then invested into the business. It's a huge loss for the family. They lost a lot of money. They lost a lot of time. They lost a lot of effort. And everyone but Robin really wants to admit it's a failure going nowhere fast. For all of Robin's master manipulation of Cody and her family and all of that best customer service she gives Kotex, she really sucks at being a sales lady. Every person that shows the vaguest sense of curiosity, she desperately jumps on to tell these long-winded, ridiculous stories that she expects everyone to connect to just because she connects with it herself emotionally. It's annoying. It's a huge turnoff for the customers. And you can see why most prospective customers flee as fast as they can. Christine calls it. She thinks people aren't buying the jewelry because it's taking a story to sell it. People aren't emotionally invested in Robin or her stories. They want to see sleek designs and affordable price points. They aren't going to make a dent in their wallet to buy a sterling silver sister wives charm. Christine thinks the story is too long of a sell. Christine's right. Christine goes on that when you walk into a store, something will sing to you. And she doesn't think anything is singing to people right off the bat. I saw the stuff on the website when it was first up. I would never buy anything, but I was just looking because I was curious. And the design sucked. I didn't like them. I don't think most people like them. If the jewelry was cute, if it was appropriately priced and it wasn't really going to make a dent in your wallet, people would just buy the jewelry if they liked it. Telling a long-winded story isn't going to sell anyone on buying overpriced crap they really don't like. Christine tells Robin as she gives her usual spiel of, oh, I gave this necklace to my sister wives for Christmas. This charm represents this, etc." that. She notices when Robin is interacting with the customers and telling these long-winded stories that people's eyes are glazing over. They want to get the fuck out of there. They're thinking, get this annoying bitch the fuck out of my face. I don't want jewelry. I don't want to be here. It's like when you walk into a store and there's an overly enthusiastic salesperson working on commission, shoving themselves down your throat, shoving themselves in your face. And in the end, you say, listen, if I need anything, I'll come to you when I'm done. Don't come to me. And then at the end, you're so annoyed, you just walk out when you would have bought something if you weren't so annoyed. Maybe you would have bought if not for the pesky sales associate. It's suffocating. It's suffocating. Now, Robin explains that in St. George, sister wife doesn't mean that you're best buddies. They equate the term sister wife with meaning, oh, you're abused. And Mary says, because of the stigma in St. George, people just aren't into it. One lady at the expo is very open. She hates the Browns. She says she has no respect for them, no respect whatsoever. And she thinks there are a lot of really creepy things that go on. And Cody feels like with them being public, with them moving to Vegas, and with the bitterness he felt with having to move and leave his home in Utah out of fear, he is now in a bitter place with society. He's angry with those who judge him. Cody is sick and tired of standing here, cap in hand, asking for their approval. One lady thinks it's wrong, polygamy is wrong, and it's wrong that they teach their kids that it's okay to have so many wives, and she gets it right. She says she thinks Cody is controlling. 
Cody feels, according to him, that polygamy is an easy lifestyle to defend scripturally, though. Another lady says polygamy is not a religion. It's a domineering, creepy way for old men to marry young women. Cody is tired of people trying to thump their Bibles at him, telling him he's wrong. An LDS woman, a local, wants to point out that long ago, her religion, mainstream Mormonism, the LDS, long, long ago, they believed in polygamy and they gave it up. They don't believe in that now. And LDS always like to make the distinction and separation from the FLDS. And this lady doesn't think it's good for the children to grow up with more than one mom and she feels it's immoral. Prophet Kotex feels that all the cool guys in the Old Testament had more than one wife and he says Jesus never condemned them. Cody says he wants a break. He's tired of asking for permission. And Janelle tells Cody he is her husband and it's awesome that he can talk like that. She is just praising him, smiling, so impressed by Cody saying that. Janelle tells Cody it's so amazing and she is so proud of him for saying that. Cody's ego is eating that up. But I want to know, when did Cody compliment Janelle or appreciate her sacrifices for the family or her good qualities? All we saw Cody do was ask her to morph into Robin, making the assertion that she isn't loyal and that she needs to be more loyal like Robin. She needs to be more obedient like Robin. And he suggests that she wasn't good enough as she is. She has to change. When we all know Robin isn't obedient, she's good at making Cody think she's obedient, and she certainly isn't loyal to anyone but herself. But Cody straight up asked Janelle to be more like Robin. Janelle has proven her loyalty by sacrificing her paycheck to support Cody and her whole family for decades. And he was asking Janelle, the example of loyalty, to be more like the wife who plays pretend at submissiveness, at loyalty, at obedience, while she wears the pants and she's the neck that turns the head. Hearing Janelle gush and compliment Cody beaming with pride just reminds me how Cody always made these women feel like they were never good enough, how they had to shove parts of themselves down in boxes to become what Cody wanted, and it was never enough for Cody. So when do we get to see Cody recognize the sacrifice his now ex-wives made to live this way, to be married to a narcissistic, abusive, selfish asshole like him? When do we see Cody recognize their sacrifices? When does he compliment them? When does he gush over them with pride? It's been over a decade of the show, and I'm still waiting. All I hear is crickets. At the expo, in total, they only sold 19 pieces of jewelry. During the whole time, 19 pieces. So Christine is exhausted, and she feels like doing another expo would be torture. At this point, Janelle is convinced that now she needs to pursue real estate full-time. Mary says she hears Robin mention that she wants all five of them invested in my sister wife's closet. But Mary isn't sure what Robin is thinking or why all of the adults need to be invested in my sister wife's closet. Mary feels it's really something she and Robin can just do themselves since they're the ones who are invested, who are passionate, who are really putting in the most effort. 
But Robin, in my opinion, she wants everyone to slave away and she envisions in her mind this fantasy that her business will bring in the big bucks and that her sister wives will do all the work and she will get all the glory when her business is successful like her business will be this huge windfall for the family. This is about Robin's ego. She wants the glory and I think she assumes if she gets everyone involved, she will have to do less herself and then she will gain status with the women if her business is successful and she wants to be the star of the family, the main focus, the center point. So if her business was as successful as she envisioned and her money is feeding the family and housing the family, then she will feel like she has status with her sister wives, like she has control. And it's very selfish of her to impose her dream on Christine and Janelle who really have a passion to do real estate. And real estate is actually a concrete way to definitely pull in money. This money that the family desperately needs, especially for these homes. It's very selfish of Robin to demand and to push everyone to be invested in her failing dream when they're not even breaking even, when they don't even want to push for something that their hearts aren't invested in. Christine sees Mary and Robin. She sees them having a tight bond. And Christine says she wants a close bond with Mary and Robin as well. But she says the amount of work it takes to have a tight bond is really hard. But Christine feels she's missing out on a real good, strong, committed relationship with Robin and with Mary. Now, Robin tells Mary they can't give up on the dream. They just can't give up. And Robin believes that for her business to be successful and for them to be united, they need to be in this business together, all of them united as the five adults in the family. So Robin is praying for inspiration that God will help her to know how to speak to Janelle and Christine and Cody so that they do what she wants them to. Or, you know, just maybe she could be less selfish and she could see that Janelle and Christine's dream is real estate and maybe she could graciously allow them to pursue that. That would not only fulfill them, but it would also bring in money for the family that they desperately need. Praying to God to get Cody, Janelle, and Christine to do what she wants them to do, to invest in her business, selfishly praying to God to help her to know the words to manipulate them, to do what she wants, is gross. This is about Robin's ego, and this is Robin's dream, and this is about her being pissed that she can't make Janelle and Christine get as invested and as involved as she wants them to be or as she is. Knowing well that it's failing big time, also knowing that Christine and Janelle have other passions that can actually make money for the family, which they desperately need. This is very selfish of Robin, and I don't think she's doing this for the family. This is all about her. This is her dream. She's doing this for herself. Robin feels like the right things will happen to get Cody, Christine, and Janelle to understand what the vision is. And Robin has such a strong belief in this. And she says, it's not just about business. It's about keeping their family together. And she says, that's what this is for. That's what this is for her. What a bullshit artist. This goblin was never about the family. She's all about herself. And this is about her and her dream. Ever since Robin came into this family, the dynamic shifted and the family became less and less functional. And Cody, of course, is responsible for it too, but Robin has a lot to do with it. Next, Robin is over at Mary's place 
to plan Saul's birthday party. He's turning one and his birthday party is going to be at Mary's house. Mary takes this opportunity to talk to Robin about her offer to be her surrogate when Saul was born a year ago. So Mary tells Robin she knows that Robin hasn't really brought up the surrogacy offer and she understood that Robin was giving her space to decide and figure things out. Mary has really struggled with this because she doesn't know how she feels about it. She has felt recently like she needs to at least start figuring out if she wants to have a baby before she even decides the route she will take to have one. So Mary is thinking about her options like considering IVF, carrying the child herself, using Robin as a surrogate, or if she even wants a baby at all. And she tells Robin she has discussed with Cody trying the IVF. And Robin explains to Mary it was a scary thing for her to offer being a surrogate, but it's worth it to her if Mary wants to have a baby. Mary really feels guilty for rejecting Robin's offer. She knows it was a loving offer. And Robin tells Mary she wasn't really trying to push her to have a baby. She just wanted to give Mary the choice. She wanted to give Mary the option of having a baby if she wanted to, if that was a possible way for her to have one. And she feels every woman should have the choice of whether or not they want to have kids. So Mary is torn and she's still trying to decide if she wants to do it. Robin always imagined raising her kids with her sister wives and she knows Janelle and Christine don't want any more kids. So Robin would really love to raise kids with Mary as her sister wife. So Mary says she looks at Solomon and it confuses her. And she wonders if just having Saul around is enough, if having that relationship with Saul is all she needs. At this point, Mary's in tears, she's crying, and she tells Robin she always saw herself having a boy. And she wonders if maybe her relationship with Saul is enough to fill that void. At this point, Mary's 42, and she wonders if it's actually a smart time to have kids or not. She says if she decides not to have a baby or if she decides to have a baby, she wants to make sure she's doing it for the right reasons. But Robin really wants Mary to at least have the choice to make that decision. Robin wanted to offer Mary the choice of surrogacy because she says she feels like Mary gave her the choice with marrying Cody. And she wouldn't have had that opportunity without Mary, so now she wants to give Mary this choice. It's Saul's birthday now, and Cody says Saul's birthday party is all about the family. Saul doesn't even know the difference. He's one right now. He doesn't even know this whole gathering really is for him. Robin wants to do something memorable for Saul, so she has all the kids write down something they wished for Saul in his life, and they tie their wishes to balloons, and then they release them. Cody refers to this balloon exercise as adorable and sentimental, And he says whenever they get the family together, he likes to take them to see the homes and the progress on the homes. So the family goes down to see the homes so that the kids will get excited and invested in the homes. Christine knows that the kids need to be reassured that this is happening. They need to be involved with the homes. And Cody takes this opportunity to have the family draw names on the property while they're looking at the progress of the homes to do the Christmas gift exchange where each kid picks a name. They all hope that they're in these homes by Christmas. So Cody wants to do the drawing of the names here on the property to create this hope that they will be in the homes by Christmas. Janelle says she will move heaven and earth to make 
it happen, to get into these homes, to secure the homes, to be in the homes by Christmas. She'll do whatever it takes. She doesn't care. She says if it means that all of them have to work three jobs each just to get these homes, she is going to do it. I wonder if Robin would be willing to do that. Janelle intends to never leave these homes For Janelle, these are their forever homes. And of course, that wasn't the case. Now, Robin feels like even though they're scared and these homes feel like a gamble at times in their dark moments, it's worth it because for two years, they've wanted to be together. So all of them are all in. They're invested in this. I wonder if that means Robin would be willing to get a job. Robin was never really together with the family. She always had her separate rental. Now, I don't think the family was ever perfect, but I do think in Lehigh, before Robin came into the picture, that was the most functionality and togetherness and the best dynamic the family had, the most unity and cohesiveness the family had together. And I do think before Robin, everyone was all in, everyone was prioritizing the larger family and raising the kids together. And I think Janelle and Christine were always all in as far as the larger family, as far as the kids. And despite the state of their relationships with Cody, Christine and Janelle tried, and they always prioritized the kids. They always prioritized the larger family. And I find it interesting that now, after leaving Cody, Janelle and Christine are still very close. Their kids are all still close, and that heart of the family remained intact and kind of developed into a support system, a fragment that is left of the original family that once was. That's it for this episode. I'll be back next week with the next episode of My Sister Wives Rewatch, Season 6, Episode 2, Four Lives of Cody's Wives. Thanks for listening. I'll see you soon. Bye.